0: Hello, Sasquatch listeners. I am here today with our special guest, Quinn Linus, hailing from Ottawa Lions Track Club. And he is a speed endurance athlete, graduated with a Bachelor's of Commerce and is currently pursuing his master's in international business at Queen's University. Like most athletes, the pandemic shook up his routine given facility access was shut down and the reason for mentioning this is because Quinn is not only a student and an athlete, but he is also the creator and founder of the Canadian Track and Field League. On the athlete front, I have him with personal best in the 300 of 35 seconds, the 600 of a minute 20, the 400 in a 50 flat and the four hurdles in a 56 quinn welcome to sasquatch podcast we are very excited to have you on our show today and as i'm sure you've heard there have been a lot of questions about the ctfl and specifically from our listening standpoint how it can include athletes from out west so i'm hoping to get today started if you can just tell us a little bit about you and how you got started in track and field in your hometown of ottawa
1: yeah well thank you for having me especially as i think the first Oh, well, I guess uh, I'm not, I don't live in Saskatchewan right now, but I, I might be the first uh, person that currently doesn't live in Saskatchewan that's on the podcast, so I feel very honoured. Um, yeah, uh, I kind of got started um, in track and field uh, when I was really, really little. Um, and uh, I joined the Ottawa Lions when I was, I think, seven or eight. And then uh, I did that for about three or four years, took a break and then came back in grade 10 of high school. Um, And then uh, things got a lot more competitive around then, um, obviously. And then, um, yeah, I've been doing it ever since, Um, kind of a mixed bag. Like I started out and I did the eight and 15 and then I kind of worked my way down to the four and the four hurdles. Um, So kind of I've done a whole bunch, like I ran like 10K and I've done like the 100. So I'm, I'm a pretty well versed athlete. Um, in terms of just like competing, but um, yeah, that's kind of how I got my my start in it. Uh, I found out that I was, I was good at the speed endurance, so I, I really do concentrate on the four. Um, my best event is probably the 600 though, um, so yeah, you can kind of tell that by the times.
0: <laughs> well, I wouldn't humble yourself there. Those are all very impressive times, so don't go ahead and just say like, oh, well, only the 600 was good. Those are all very good times, and I, I would definitely argue that having that Um, breadth across all of those events are probably super helpful when you're trying to say, for instance, build a track league um, in that you understand how those pieces come together. So I guess to sort of bridge our way into that, I would love if you could chat a little bit about what it was like being an athlete in Ontario during the pandemic and sort of how this project evolved in that time for you.
1: Yeah, so how it started, I guess, was um... Uh, well when the pandemic hit um, I wasn't allowed to kind of go and train in my regular facility because I wasn't a, a national medalist I had I was a provincial medalist so it didn't kind of make the cut at that point um, so my training partner Saj al he's a he was a silver medalist for the four hurdles um, and so he was able to go train inside and stuff and so I had to kind of figure out my own way and I was, I was kind of lazy because I was still like in school I, I did my, my undergrad in like three years. So during the summertime I was also still in school. Um so I was I was quite lazy I guess up until kind of maybe like May. And then by that point <laughs> you can't really start training and, and expect to do really well. Um so that's kind of how like, the pandemic kind of hit me uh originally and then ottawa has been really really bad for its facilities just because we don't have any like indoor track um that with like the university of ottawa or carlton or anything like that we have one with um it's a catholic school board so um when they get shut down the dome gets shut down and so we haven't had access to the dome in ottawa um, this is actually our first season in in full with the dome so before that we trained um they well they trained in um like this little pavilion and stuff uh it was like concrete so it was basically just a concrete floor and that's what like the ottawa athletes had to train in so we haven't really had uh, the best of luck with facilities it's starting to look a bit better but um yeah pandemic has not been kind
0: <laughs> no that's that's totally fair and it's interesting to hear because i think it affected everyone but how it affected them in different scenarios is interesting i guess a little bit about Regina was we we have an indoor field house and we have an indoor track at our university Um, but all city facilities were completely off limits it didn't matter who you were and then the university was obviously also shut down for the gym to public just for public safety reasons. So I think similar to you during the pandemic it was hey we've got a lot of prairie gravel roads (laughs) maybe not quite as hard as concrete are on the shins per se but I think When it's minus 40 and you're in the basically in the middle of a field trying to run and it's 70 kilometer winds you're like what am i doing in this tempo yeah (laughs) one direction is significantly faster than the other (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) but it sounds like then in your creativity maybe maybe chat a little bit about when did the ctfl idea go from an idea to saying hey let's actually make this happen
1: um yeah so kind of as i mentioned Previously, my my training partner, um, Saj. So I um, I was very frustrated with it all just because I couldn't train. Um, I had the idea. But I had this idea for for years now. I think since I kind of went to maybe first year of university, um, wasn't fully formed. But I, I never understood why there wasn't kind of a, a league, an attraction, um, not just in Canada but really in, in the world. They'll give Diamond League and stuff, but there's nothing um, there's nothing really easy to follow, um, unlike other sports, other than like the Olympics. So that was kind of the the first kind of initial idea. And like, okay, we need like something to create a spark um, in the community um, in order to grow the sport. But um, kind of like when the pandemic hit, uh, I did get frustrated because I, I couldn't go train. And I had people who were like, you know, double AA, A, triple A hockey that could go and train indoors and stuff because they 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 fit the bill because um, they were technically, I guess, like somewhat professional athletes. And I, and I guess I, I wasn't. Um, so I couldn't go train. Uh, and that's kind of why I was like, okay, like, Oh, I need to come up with something. Um, and then I kind of furthered the idea a little bit more, wrote it down. Um, and then, uh, as I was doing my masters, I came back and I get bored really easily. So I came back for Christmas break, um, last year. And, um, I was, I was just like, after three days, I, (laughs) I was chomping at the bit. So I started working on a business plan for it. Um, and then I, I sent, I sent it over to Aaron Brown and he, he said that he's like, this is a really good idea. Like if you need anything, um. Just let me know and i was like cool if i have one of the best sprinters in the country and in reality the world um, on my side then then i feel like i should be able to do this so i created that initial post um, if you scroll down to the bottom of the ctfl page it's a horrible graphic and i've been uh, crucified for it a little bit um but it was just supposed to be like an initial like here's my idea um and then it blew up and we got like a thousand followers in like a week or two um and then the post I, I was just telling somebody like it was it was you know like the direct message button i think like 600 people shared it um which is insane um and and that was that was just really really cool um and then at that point i have a, a really good training partner his name's gavin and he um he told me he's like so you're doing this for life you understand that right and i was just like oh I <laughs> know I don't <laughs> it's kind of clued into me at that point um and uh yeah that's kind of how the CTFL was started um just with like a little idea and then just the support I think honestly Canadian athletes and like just track and field athletes in general were were dying for you no know, opportunity to kind of grow the sport um and that's why like you know Aaron Brown who is the only athlete to have actually done you know the one and the 200 meter final this year at Worlds like he was all gung-ho about it so um and then i I just started reaching out to other athletes and they really liked the idea and so that's why it was kind of released and brought to fruition
0: amazing so i guess just for listeners who maybe haven't heard of Canadian track and field league or ctfl um i'm gonna sort of say my cliff notes overview of it but then i'm for sure gonna have you build on it given that i have the creator here to explain it but my understanding of it is there it's a Canadian track and field league. There's four teams, the Arctics, Bears, Huskies and Spitfires, and there's two types of athletes on each team. There's core athletes who compete at the four meets, and then there's also utility athletes who contribute points to their team, um, with other races in their seasons. Now each team has the single objective to be the team that scores the most points at the end of the season to win the championship now i'm gonna pause there and let you sort of dive in and build on that but is that a somewhat fair understanding or like a very like cliff notes version of how you would describe the ctfl league
1: yeah 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 that's um basically you got the gist of it um um, i guess like talking especially with saskatchewan um we created like the the and utility athletes in order for basically um because one thing is i was going to create kind of with the single-minded you know core athletes and stuff and then um a coach from calgary was like how do we get you know the rest of canada involved and i was like i don't like it's very hard to do it with like the system that i created but then i kind of came up with the idea of the utility athletes and that was really to kind of i know a bunch of olympians are now kind of part of like the utility athletes and that was not his intended purpose which is great but because it helps grow you know the league and stuff but the intended purpose of the utility athletes was to allow athletes from across the country who would not normally be able to travel Um, to to Ontario and Quebec, which is primarily where the meets are going to be held. Um, And that's just because that's where I'm located. Unfortunately, it's just a matter of resources. Me being able to travel everywhere across the country takes a lot of money away. Um, But yeah, so that was the reason for the utility athletes. Um, And then, yeah, they accumulate points throughout the season. This year, we're adjusting the point system. So we're going to more of a NCAA Formula One type model, uh, as opposed to using the IAAF point system. Um, so still same principle. We're gonna be accumulating points. Whoever has the most points at the end of the season wins. Um, and then there's both individual and uh, team prize funding. Um so this year we're doubling the prize funding to about 16, 16 or seventeen thousand um, dollars, which is great. Um, we're growing, which is amazing. Um, and then yeah, that's kind of uh the gist. The champions get a little bit of uh, cash as well, which is awesome, and then a lot of exposure, which is really the reason why I kind of want to do this. It's supposed to help athletes get funding and also both directly from the ctfl but also um if we can create a lot of exposure then they can get individual sponsorships and stuff which i'm now starting to see which is which is already great because are going to the second season
0: yeah so i guess to kind of build on that for for your athletes who let's say your core athletes who are going to be wearing a team singlet at those ctfl designated meets um also, if we need to pause and this isn't something you want to talk about because it's for later, let me know. But maybe this is because I just also know this. So I'll okay. edit this out. Um, so for those core athletes who are wearing one of those four team singlets, um, good work. My understanding is you're taking maybe more of a triathlon approach and you've been able to negotiate with your league sponsor that athletes could wear the league sponsor in addition to their own individual brand, allowing there to be two sponsors on any given singlet. Tell us a little bit about how this came to be and sort of how the idea came out.
1: Yeah, so this is a new introduction la- from, from last year. Last year, we only had event sponsors, uh, so like discipline sponsors, like the four hurdles and like that kind of stuff. Um, this year, we're introducing two new opportunities for sponsors, which is going to be the team sponsor. So we're going to have each team sponsored by an individual. Um, like I can say it now, Runners Choice Waterloo is going to be a sponsor for the Arctic. So they're going to have a logo on like the front right chest. And then uh the second sponsorship opportunity is for the athletes to go out and get sponsors so if you are already sponsored by something um or you would like to be sponsored by somebody uh go to your like local run store and stuff ask for like a hundred dollars um and then you can get your sponsor on the back of your individual singlet and we'll do that for you and stuff for like a small price it's like maximum like 40 bucks or something like that because we just want you guys to make the athletes to make as much money as possible but we have to do it ourselves. So you know, um, so it does cost money. Um, but yeah, so um that's kind of like the new sponsorship opportunities. And that's really to kind of um either way, like the, the team sponsors, if you're sponsoring a team, you're still technically sponsoring like all the athletes and stuff because like I don't take any money um off the CTFL. Um so it goes right back into kind of funding either the athletes or growing the league, which in turn will also help the athletes kind of fund it's kind of like a perpetual cycle. Um, or you can go directly to the source and just sponsor an individual athlete and that kind of helps them with, like their their expenses like travel or you know buying shoes and stuff like that so yeah
0: so let's say now it's a business owner who's listening to this podcast and they're kind of falling in love with this idea and seeing the marketing potential here for their business um what could be could you just sort of give an overview of what would be those expectations for a business owner is their sponsorships as small as 100 dollars, or obviously you're not going to put a cap on how much they can go with but is there sort of like tiered systems for different levels that um, business owners could look to participate in and how could they go about getting involved?
1: Yeah, so we're trying to build kind of like a little community here. And I think we're, we're doing that currently with our with our current sponsors, like all of last year's sponsors have re-upped for, for a lot also more money, which is great. <laughs> um, but. Uh, uh, what we really kind of what we kind of have is um you know you can go individual sponsorships for the athletes that's probably the smallest one um then we, we might have a championship sponsor so you might get like the, a little a frame at the actual championship meet get the recordings um, of your logo and stuff every single time everybody passes by uh additionally we're gonna also have um the discipline sponsors which is what we had last year so like, we have like the four hurdles long jump sprint hurdles 100 meters that kind of stuff um team sponsors is probably the second largest and then the league sponsor is by far the biggest one and that's like you're sponsoring the draft you're sponsoring the leagues you're going to be on like the tickets and stuff like that um you're on our social media page all the time um and the team sponsors also they get like their own because we have uh team social media pages uh, on instagram so you're gonna be able to kind of see that um yeah so those are kind of the tiers of sponsorship they range from like like a hundred bucks for an individual athlete to like I can say it now. It's like twenty thousand dollars for the league sponsor. I will see if we can fill that. Don't know, but yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, nudge nudge to anyone listening. If you have anyone who's looking to sponsor, um, yeah. is the best way to connect with you via information on your website or connect with you on social or what would be your preferred way to be contacted? S-
1: social or um, even like a, our, our um, email. So that can be found on our on our social media pages and stuff as well as on our website. So. Um, Anything, if you, if, uh, it all goes to me because I basically run it all. So, um, yeah. <laughs>
0: Amazing. So it sounds like sponsors, if you're interested, it's fantastic opportunity. Athletes going into the 2023 season. So we had 2022 go through as a, maybe a launch season or a pilot season or the year one season, whatever you prefer to call it. Um, is there room for athletes to apply in 2023? And if so, both for core and utility or only core? you can talk a little bit about what sort of space and capacity the league is has or if it's expanding going into year two
1: yes we're definitely expanding a lot last year we had 128 athletes this year we're looking at probably getting 296 so we're growing a lot um, and that's because we're adding two new events which is the sprint hurdles and the 5k Um, we're also adding four events so four athletes per event slash league sex so that means that you know uh, instead of eight athletes we're going to have 12 athletes per event um and then we're going to kind of have a little playoff format where only the top eight make the championship um so that's kind of the the structure for it now so we're adding a lot of athletes and there's also going to be more utility athlete spots as well so we're going to have 14 utility athletes per team um and we're going to count those because what i saw last year is sometimes people register as a core athlete but i don't have to move to a utility athlete position it's not suggested you have to kind of give me a reason why you're doing it um but know we'll probably only be counting the top 14 athletes per team um just because i know that that will eventually happen it's it's inevitable using the numbers um but yeah so 14 athletes per um per utility 14 utility athletes per team um and then uh I don't even know how many (laughs) Uh, core athletes is a lot.
0: (laughs) I won't make you do the math to break it down, but essentially for any athletes who would be listening, if they're interested in registering, there is room. I know there's been 2023 standards that are announced, so I guess that's sort of like a rough outline of them without making you have to recite them here. Um, Sounds like roughly like top 25 in Canada sort of times is what those standards are based off of. It's
1: actually top 75.
0: Top 75, sorry, I stand corrected. And they
1: can register on January 2nd is when it opens and it closes on February 6th.
0: And they can apply online?
1: Yeah, yeah, it'll be done through our CTFL website. Yeah, so you have to give like just like basic information, um, like a profile picture so we can put you in the draft. um, And uh, like a media consent form because that's how the CTFL is run. And um, yeah, it's pretty pretty nonchalant like we just like having the information just so we can kind of release it when you know for like when we're announcing your name at the championship and and all that kind of stuff the fun facts so yeah
0: amazing so you have it organized for sponsors we have it organized for athletes um i feel like i've had the pleasure to chat with you offline sort of in preparation for this and i must say i am truly impressed by you quinn um Mm -hmm. So the CTFL is a well thought out and altruistic, I would say, gift to the sport that you are volunteering a great amount of time and resources into launching. And I think with the launch of any project, there is naturally going to always be feedback and critics, especially managing perceptions on your credibility as a league owner. Because I'm not sure if people realize that you're 22 and you're pulling off a project of this scope, which is insanely impressive. As I have said, having spoke with you, I'm not surprised that you're pulling it off. Um, I was wondering if you could touch on a little bit as to how you sort of delegate that credibility and navigate those situations.
1: So I definitely think that, um, like due to my age and also, um, it's just me, like there's, there's benefits to me being my age. Um, like I connect really well with the athletes because I am an athlete and I'm a current athlete. So I'm not like an old head, (laughs) which, um, and then, and then on the other kind of side of the spectrum there, um, some, some, because of my age, I, I am kind of, uh, talk down to sometimes while in meetings and stuff like that and they do like to push me around um and you know i, I don't like that i'm not the type of person to kind of let it happen so um you know I've, I've had a couple of uh run-ins i guess with different organizations and stuff trying to shut me down um you know like we work we work well with with like ac and stuff um, which is amazing, and, and they've been a, a big supporter now, um, especially after our first season. I think they were quite skeptical um, uh, during our first season, and rightly so. Um, but then, you know, I think everyone's kind of gotten on board, which is which is great. Um, but initially, it was it was very difficult. I think there was a lot of challenges that kind of came up um, administratively, um, and then, uh, yeah, honestly, like we just released the standards this year um, for for twenty twenty three, and obviously, like the new events. And I was quite nervous because last year I got a lot of criticism and a lot of people messaging me both like on the CTFL page and also individually. That's why I moved my account to private Um, just because people were messaging me and it wasn't nice stuff Um, just because they wanted their event added in. Uh, where they wanted their masters to be competing and stuff. And what people don't understand is that I am just a small little organization. I don't have millions of dollars in funding like the like, like athletes can or anything like that. I did last year with a budget of like $15,000. So I don't have the resources obviously that everybody else kind of thinks I do. Um, so it was it was kind of hard. Um and I was nervous this year when I released it because I knew I was gonna face a lot of criticism. Thank goodness. Like I, I actually didn't, which was amazing. And I think that kind of showed that people now see what's happening um and what I'm trying to accomplish, which is which is amazing. Um, and also, you know, it's less of a burden on me. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, I guess that, that was kind of you actually have to deal with it i guess um i know people you can't make everybody happy and that's i've learned that uh a lot um through this experience um so yeah for me it was just just realizing that i can't make everybody happy and um i know what i'm doing is right like i do like to think that i'm a pretty smart guy and I, i i'm quite good at strategy um so even though people may kind of knock on me um like i think that what i'm trying to accomplish is kind of headed in the headed in the right direction i might kind of screw up here and there but it's just that's how businesses run like you can't come be perfect out of the gates and stuff and obviously like this year i'm starting to see that like i'm adjusting the platform a little bit and the, the, the league system um just to make up for different kind of things so yeah just i guess trusting hopefully my abilities and uh it helps that actually you know when, when we talked uh just you and uh like astrid um you guys said like you know like it's a thankfulness um kind of project and actually i, I didn't want to say it but actually the athletes are quite supportive of me and stuff and like a lot of them uh you know they tell me like thank you very much for doing this like i get really nice messages from the athletes like um i got a message from an athlete cedric Filippo, and like he he gave me the credit for helping him get to the ncaa so he ran like a two second three second pp at the ctfl championships and that got him a scholarship offer to the division one school and he sent me a really nice message and like you know i was almost in tears but <laughs> like it was it was it was amazing so um you know like i get a lot of criticism but i also i get a lot of praise from like the athletes that are in the system which is amazing and that's you know people who are on the outside it's that it's their they're they can do it they can complain as much as they want to but the people that are in the inside that love it um that's 10 times better. So um, it makes me 10 times more important to me. So, yeah.
0: Well, I love that answer. I know it can be a delicate conversation to sort of talk about some of the roadblocks that come up, especially in projects of the scope. Um, great answer. Sounds like you've learned a lot and you're, you're humble enough to admit that, Hey, you know what? Like here's a way that we can improve. And you're not just like, Hey, it's my way or the highway. It's like, okay, yeah, great. Let's improve it. Let's grow it. And, um, I, I I can attest to this with my background in entrepreneurship, with my current work. Um, there's always going to be a learning curve, especially when you're starting anything like this. So I think that ability to just consistently demonstrate that what you're doing is well thought out and well strategized, as you've already mentioned, that is how you build that credibility and trust. And I think you've done an excellent job, as you mentioned. Um, building that rapport with the athletes, providing them opportunities, helping pave the way for them to actually earn sponsorship. Because I think there, we, we may have talked about this a little bit, but there is such a, a gap to go from, Hey, I'm a university athlete to what happens afterwards. It's, Hey, basically now it's world standards. You have to try and hit. Um, And let's say you were an NCAA athlete. Maybe you don't have a visa to continue where you were for the last four to five years. You have to come back to Canada and maybe your last coach was a high school coach. So I think. in, In your view, I was wondering if you could actually chat a little bit about how you feel like the CTFL can bridge some of that pathway to go from, say, hey, I'm a university athlete. I'm not quite hitting Olympic standard yet. There is somewhat of a gap in standards there. How do you feel like the CTFL can maybe not even in 2023, but down the road, help bridge that gap or sort of partner in making it a league that can help develop athletes to help get to that level?
1: Yeah, so I think the CTFL is built exactly for that. It's built kind of for an athlete like me. Like, I am not going to be making a national team, I don't think, anytime soon. Um, and, you know, it's I, I just graduated from university or just graduating. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's I, I built it almost for my, for myself, even though I can't compete in it because I have to run it. But um, yeah, like it's I've I've gotten a lot of messages saying like you know like you actually helped me get back into track and field. Like we've had I uh, think three athletes that came out of retirement this year to compete in the CTFL, um, and that's just because of the system that it provides, like the the format. Now you have a team, whereas you know we you're in university, um, you still have that kind of team atmosphere, even though maybe not during summertime, but um, you get it to, like during the winter, and then um during you know post uh grad so when, when you're done your undergrad or graduate degree you don't really have kind of any association with a team other than maybe your local club that's a little bit different um so now you kind of you have a reason to continue in track which is great um and also kind of the ctfl was meant to bridge the gap um between like the olympians and the university athletes and everyone kind of in between like we have you know 10 olympians this year that were competing on ctfl teams they're in group chats you can text I've, I've had a lot of athletes actually text some olympians um that are on their team for advice and you know i don't think normally they would have been able to do that like you, you're not the problem is that universities are the uh, Olympians are kind of on a on a pedestal, uh, especially in, in our sport and stuff, because there is no in between area between like the has and kind of has not. Um, so this kind of bridges the gap. Like you're on the same level playing field. You're contributing to the same team. Um, you can ask for advice. You can ask for help. Uh, this year, like we have, we had high schoolers compete in the CTFL this year, and we have Olympians competing in in, in the CTFL this year, and every everyone in between. So. Um, it definitely does help kind of bridge that gap that i don't think any other kind of organization has been able to do um and we've gotten a lot of praise actually from like um from even like athletics canada saying that like this is a really good opportunity to keep people in the sport because there hasn't really been an incentive to do so um so now you're part of a team and you get that team atmosphere and stuff and you're contributing to something even if you're not like in the ctfl even if you're not meddling you're still providing points for your team and you're helping them along the way to win um, which is really really fun because like even from my perspective if i didn't if there was no ctfl there would be um me trying to get a national medal or a provincial medal and stuff um and those are kind of the only two things that you're kind of looking towards other than maybe a national team um but yeah so so this kind of gives you an opportunity to to you know the cool thing about i guess this year especially is that we're going to be having that playoff almost system so um, it'll be fun for the fans it'll be fun for the athletes because not only are you kind of trying to get a medal now but you're also trying to stay kind of in that top 8 you're trying to make the championship you're trying to get that atmosphere that that team experience at the championship um, and then for the bottom 4 um, they might not be able to go to the championship unless there's like an injury um, so now you're vying for that championship spot so there's always kind of like a next level uh, to the CTFL and then like even past the 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 medalists, we have those 10 new balance ambassadorships that most either basically you had to have been a, a gold or a silver medalist in the CTFL this season in order to get that. So it's a whole other tier now. Now you're getting even more elite. So um there's always something to kind of strive for, I guess, now.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that's fantastic because I I do agree. I think that progression from graduation to going pro, it it It's such a unique pathway for every athlete that I think it's really hard for anyone to really envision what does that pathway look like because it hasn't really been clearly paved. And I think you've done an excellent job in, as you've mentioned, creating a network to help bridge that gap. So, like, let's say you're a third year university student and you want to ask for blocks assistance or blocks tips from Aaron Brown. Like, yeah, you're in a group chat with him. Go ahead and ask. Yeah. um like that's that's an unheard of type of network i think and just to even be able to build that rapport and that teamwork is absolutely fantastic um i do have to ask because i am out west is there any sneak peeks or potential that there could be races in the western part of canada well, in the near yeah. Future?
1: yeah i'm working on it um i am trying to get it in for this season um so hopefully we can get one out there uh, this this season and I'll be very, very excited and stuff. We still have to make sure that the core athletes who will be competing will be able to come to the championship in Ottawa. Um, that's kind of the one constraint that I have. But other than that, no, I'd, I'd really like to try and get a champ, like a, a prelim, at least out west um, this season. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for that. Um, Cause then we're kind of, now we're starting to get more across Canada, which is, which is great. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Well, I don't blame you for wanting to do it right and build it out at home where you actually have the capacity to be in person and develop your system that's going to be effective before you're trying to manage two systems across the country. Because like you said, Canada is a lot of landscape and it it is expensive to travel across Canada. It's not like in Europe or in the States where it's like a 50 to 100 dollar flight to just go fly somewhere. It's like usually a minimum two fifty dollars and then plus your return flight. So, Yeah. um, yeah, fully appreciate that. So. Sneak peek for everyone out West, there is potential and there is works for potentially one prelim at West. So I'm sure everyone's going to be excited to hear more about that once those details can be unveiled. And I know you mentioned that CTFL is something that because you're busy running it, you likely won't compete in it. I'm curious, what are your athletic goals outside of be- running a league of this scope? Are you planning to do any races this upcoming season? Or what does 2023 look like for you as an athlete?
1: yeah i um i definitely will be competing this season last season i had hip surgery um in may and that was actually funny because i I got off of crutches like the day of like the first prelim in montreal so like people didn't really realize it but i was so close to having to like hobble around um on crutches and stuff while at the ctfl prelim trying to like manage everything um but uh yeah (laughs) this season i'm looking forward to it um as i kind of mentioned earlier like i'm quite happy with my 120 and 600 but my 400 is is ungodly it's just so slow um compared to my 600 time and that's just because the pandemic hit as i was kind of getting into my stride um i ran that 120 and then the pandemic hit and then i couldn't run a 400 kind of outdoors um because i had no facilities to train in um but yeah so <laughs> i'm looking forward to like knocking that down to hopefully like my goal is like a 47 so um, I think that's within the realm like when I did like the 600 I was going through in like 51 so I, I'm hoping <laughs> I can easily get a PB this season um, in the 400 so yeah that's that's uh, those, are, those are my goals not necessarily I mean it would be great if I could get another provincial medal um, for I, last time I did it for four hurdles but if I could get it for like the 400 that'd be really cool um i'll try and compete at nationals so i'll see everybody out there come say hi um i always like that but yeah
0: <laughs> we'll see you in langley um yeah. i also plan to be there unless life serves me a different course um <laughs> but no that's that's super exciting to hear that yes you're working on your masters planning to do a throwdown in your 400 pv and also overseeing year two in ctfl yeah. um I know i've asked a lot of questions is there anything that you also wanted to share about the ctfl for anyone listening for the upcoming season
1: i think we've hit basically everything i know that um you know this year like i always say last year's kind of like the beta test so this year it's going to be a little bit more fine-tuned we have a lot more kind of money um for the athletes and stuff and also just for the media exposure which i'm really trying to grow this year So. Um, If you make standard and stuff, and you know that you're going to be able to compete either as a utility athlete or as a core athlete, uh, as a core athlete, please make sure you can come to the championship and make at least one prelim. Um, But you know, do it. Like it's it's a lot of fun. Um, You know, I we've had I did a survey and stuff. I think a hundred athletes kind of responded, and I think only two athletes had a below average time. Um, So everyone else had either a great time or a good time. So it was really kind of awesome to see that um and uh yeah so everybody really loved it and um obviously like we're trying to solve we're trying to get more money involved um we're going to be creating a lot more content we have like a a little project for the athletes where they're going to create an 8 to 22 minute vlog video um and then the winner of that will get 500 dollars and stuff so potentially you know if you win a ctfl meet you win the vlog video you could walk away with like a thousand dollars for the year um which is pretty sweet so you know as much as we have like a $16,000 prize fund. I'd like to get that a lot higher. Um, and I know that's a common complaint. We just don't have enough money. Um, so I'm trying to solve that problem. But we need kind of like the the starting of it to kind of grow it, right? We need to we need to have these early investors almost um, to kind of come in and and work with us. And and uh, um, you as an athlete is also kind of like an investor almost that we have to try and give you guys the best opportunity as possible. So. Um, yeah,
0: definitely join. <laughs> Amazing. And for any fans, um, is there merch? Or is there ways that fans can get involved or maybe do contributions in that capacity?
1: Yeah, there's merchandise. Um, I sell it on on the CTFL website. Um, we, As much as it's kind of slightly expensive, uh, I'm really trying to keep the prices down. So we don't actually make any money off of the merch. So I can't really lower the prices by, by all that much. Um, because I just want the the CTFL kind of the, the logos, the team names and all that kind of out there. So um, definitely contribute and stuff um, right now. Like, as I've said before, I, I don't take any salary. Um, and then we have a bunch of volunteers that help out and a big shout out to them um, because the CTFL would not be able to have run this year as smoothly as it did without, um, you know, some key volunteers and stuff. And I'll, I will can name like Koske and Davis and Michael. Um, so uh, those those three guys were amazing. The the our partner clubs and stuff were were great. They, they supported us when nobody knew what was going on. Um, so um, very exciting to kind of help them out as much as we possibly can. And also, um, yeah, so. Those are, those are those are the big things, I guess. and yeah, definitely can purchase uh, any kind of CTFL merch on our website. Um, and that that goes a long way just to getting the the name out there, which will you know get people talking. So yeah.
0: Oh, of course, I think that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I think people are going to be very excited to have heard it from you, because I know even though we've been anonymous while we were posting about CTFL, I think people will really value just getting to hear it from the creator's mouth and just getting to answer some questions about the league and the credibility, especially when an anonymous account is also trying to facilitate it. It's like, is this a legitimate league? And I think you've definitely demonstrated that's a yes. I'm very excited for 2023. For listeners who don't know, I am also a utility athlete, so I might also know a little bit more. So um, I'm very excited. Go Huskies. Um, (laughs) But with that in mind, we're coming for that title next year. Um, But with that, let's leave it here for today. Um, I look forward to hearing more as your outdoor season comes to life. And thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, what a great guy, and great things are on their way for the 2023 CTFL season. For listeners who want more info on the CTFL and how to get involved, visit the links attached to this podcast episode and check out their website at www.ctfl.ca and check out their YouTube channel and Instagram handle at ctfl and at ctflnews. To our listeners, thanks again for tuning into today's conversation, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Quinn as much as I did. Until next time, yours at Sasquatch Podcast.